Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. All right. So today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Ken Sternfeld, who is returning to be a guest. He is the founder and director of business development at RxVIP and RxVIP Cares. And Ken, if you'll remember, had a had a career in retail pharmacy at CVS for a bit before he started this company uh, that was founded in 2015. So we're excited to get the update from him. Ken, welcome back to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much, Hillary. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks, Ken. And uh, just to remind our listeners, uh, if they haven't heard the previous episode, it's been about a year or so. So if you could fill us in uh, where you're calling us from in the in the world and, and maybe a little bit more background uh, from that intro. Sure. Well, we've had a, uh, a week full of rain here in New York, but the last weekend days, and today we're sunny. I'm calling from uh, Long Island, you can't tell by my accent, New York, uh, and uh, that's where I was brought up and lived. I went to school at St. John's, and uh, we are calling from the East Coast, so uh, that's where I am. All right. Well, great. You, it, it is a little different than my Mississippi slash Tennessee accent. So um, g- good, good, good. Well, Ken, so let's jump right in and talk a little bit about uh, RxVIP. Let's start there. And could you remind us on what is RxVIP? Well, I started the, the pathway to provider status with RxVIP out of necessity. I was working, as you had mentioned, at CVS Health, and I've been there for about uh, close to 10 years. And, you know, gone through the normal uh, floater, staff pharmacist, pharmacy manager, you know, had been fortunate enough to win a couple of their, you know, awards, et cetera. But I needed more. And what I did was uh, I collaborated with my physician. I realized that patient-centric care was really my passion. And because of the the environment, and there's nothing wrong with dispensing prescriptions. I mean, we did it very, very well and took care of all our customers. But I felt that I was moving further away from the things that I loved in our profession. So I went to my doctor, Dr. Michael Goodman, and I said, when I grow up, I want to be what you do. I want to be listening to patients. I want to be counseling them. And I want to be really trying to make a difference and not having to be rushed through it in a very fast-paced environment. And of course, he said, that all sounds great, Ken, but you know, I'm not looking to hire a pharmacist. And I said, well, I can understand that. And I'm not here looking for a job. I'm looking for a career path that I really can get excited about. So I'll come in on every Friday because I was off from CBS. And I said, I'll bring a cup of coffee for you and a cup of coffee for me and a newspaper. And I'll sit at the desk over there. You know, that's where your billing agent, she's off on Fridays. And I'll sit there. And if anybody wants to talk to me, I'm here. Let's do a 
meet the pharmacist kind of culture. And that's how RxVIP started back in 2014. Well, I I love that it started with humble beginnings and with your local physician. So I think a lot of times that sounds a little intimidating. You know, where do you start? Um, a lot of pharmacists are trying to figure out how to build con- consultative practices, and um, and you. Uh, have, you know, just took a really simple approach. And and I think that's what your advice is to other pharmacists across the country who want to help uh, or who are interested in joining RxVIP because you've got a, kind of a ready-made uh, platform for that. So, Ken, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the collaborative pr- relationships that you've developed. You've now got three companies that are de- uh, delivering uh, solutions through an handheld iPad, and that way they, these pharmacists can deliver value-based services and be paid for those consultations. Can you break that down a little bit for us? Sure. Well, actually, your your point about collaboration is really the key. You know, it would be our goal as pharmacists to be recognized as providers, to be that that hub, that centerpiece in a patient's medication and overall health care. So I took the approach that there's nothing that I couldn't do if I really just focused on the patient. And I went to a number of different organizations and I said, how can I help you accomplish what your goal is? So one of them is a technology company, Care One. Care One has been around for seven years and they've been delivering annual wellness visits. They've been delivering risk management, chronic care management, Uh, remote patient monitoring, medication therapy management to ACOs and organizations in healthcare uh, for the last seven years. So I said to them, you have a very mature platform, a very robust business. Could adding a pharmacist to that component who could put a face in the physician office to offer those services enhance your model? Because the collaborative approach that I always took first and foremost is What could we do for you? And it's the same approach I always took in patient care. So Care One is a patient-centric clinical risk management company. I love their culture. So once you understand a company and the things that they do, you have to kind of do your homework because our business has challenges and we can't do it ourselves. You mentioned how I went to my own doctor. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, I can tell you there were a couple of times I kind of made up that I had an upper respiratory just to get to see him, to get a pack, you know, and things like that. But it gave me an opportunity to talk to him. I didn't go in trying to sell anything. And I think that's one of the the, the stumbling blocks that, that many people, and everyone can be a concierge pharmacist. Everyone can be a patient-centric care provider. But you have to not think that you're going to sell something. We're not salespeople. I mean, I happen to have a background in sales, but most people aren't. So if you go in and just say, I'm here to help, is there anything I can do to help? It may be just offering to assist with prior authorizations in their office while you do other things. So the first company that uh, that we now are part of our anchor, our hub, one of the major spokes is Care One. And we've developed with them a new way to deliver patient-centric care. We de- developed a wellness prescription checkup. 
the wellness prescription checkup for me was like a no-brainer. I mean, you go to the doctor once a year for an annual physical, and you know, they poke you here, poke you there, take blood, take urine, and they assess you and do a soap note. But doesn't it make sense to sit with a pharmacist at least once a year to go over medications? I mean, Hillary, you and I have spoken so many times about the need to get medication managed and to make sure that people adhere to their medication. So it just made sense to me to put a pharmacist right at the point of care to deliver a wellness prescription checkup. So that's one of the things that I went to them with. I said, I have something that can help your patients. Talking to a pharmacist, let them meet the pharmacist. And that was really the anchor of of the scalability of our company. We could do this one practice, two practices, three practices, five practices. We grew to 15, very much in a grassroots environment. But to put a pharmacist in every physician office or ACOs who have all of the the large-scale needs to, to look at their budgets and to look at the numbers and the metrics, I needed a technology partner. And through collaboration, I found one who we could bring value to. And that would be my suggestion. Don't put yourself, don't let your ego get in the way. Don't say, well, you know, I'm great and you need to pay me. I would say to them, what can I do to help you grow your business? And that for me, culturally, has been very, very successful in my approach to building a business. Exactly. Thanks, Ken. And uh, and you also mentioned in there about uh, value-based services or bringing the value to the physician practice. Um, maybe you could share a little bit more about how um, pharmacists can help support these new uh, payment models that we're moving to from fee-for-service towards value-based care models. Sure, because that's such an important part of their business. And again, using the same philosophy of how can I help, I would not encourage anyone, because I did it for four years, to chase the code, to get into the scenarios where you need to be the coder, you need to understand every little bit of what it is. You know what? They don't understand it. And it's so complex and always changing. My approach would be that I know we could add value. I knew we could increase patient outcomes. I knew and showed we could increase reimbursement. So by osmosis, doing those two things, you were dealing with all of the macro and MIPS and situations and metrics and, and performance metrics that each office needed to do. And you know what? I didn't go in with the approach of, let me show you what I could do. It was almost like, you know, let's focus on the patient. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, we're going to hit all those metrics and it's going to be a bonus. So I I studied the codes, you know, from as far back as chronic care management, you know, the 994 and I know I had under my pillow, you know, to the point uh, of, of years and years and understanding it. But when I find a practice who was only focusing on the metrics, they really weren't the best long-term relationships for me. Uh, and for our company. You know, we dealt with them and we work with them, but we can deliver value-based services just by being a pharmacist and go in with your head held high, not with an ego, but with a vision that you're there to help them and increase 
all of the aspects of healthcare, who better than a pharmacist to better manage the medication? That's always been my approach. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 drug disposal of controlled substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. And so Ken, how would you see that, you know, RxVIP working within maybe an independent pharmacy setting? That's a great question. And, And over the last 30 days, we've had some tremendous inroads in that area because as we know, independent pharmacies are struggling uh, with with clawbacks and DIRs and, and the challenges of PBMs. We're not going to fix that. We're not going to change that. But what we did, and we did this with some veteran of, of pharmacy owners here on Long Island. We did it with a couple of pharmacy owners remotely, where we didn't even have to be in their market, to deliver a virtual pharmacy solution to them, which is only about clinical services. We introduced pharmacogenetic testing and the care one program together. So that was the second partner. You mentioned that the strength of partnership we partnered with. And again, I I speak to a lot of pharmacists, you know, which lab do you use and, uh, and how do I get hooked up with a lab? I chose early on not to work directly for any lab, even though we reviewed tests from some of the largest labs in the country, uh, labs like Amira Health and, and others, you know, that's where we started. But if we had a direct relationship with the lab, because I do mentoring for students, I ran the risk that one day, don't we all believe we'll be providers? And if you're getting commission, like if people say, how much do I make on the test? Just like if a doctor said to me, how much do I make on the test? That doctor probably will end up in jail because of stock and kickback and and, and anti-kickback laws. So I made a conscious business decision early on with RxVIP that we were going to market and raise awareness and analyze the test because the test is a commodity. We see the cost coming down dramatically. We see a non-medically graded test like 23andMe, and that's a whole topic for a whole other conversation about the differences in tests and things like that. So I partnered with a company called Translational Software. And they work with close to 100 labs across the country. And they leverage those relationships to bring labs that have the best screens, the best analytics, the best information. And then we train and mentor our next generation PharmDs on how to read those reports, interpret them, and then communicate them to the patients and the providers. We believe that that second hub spoke in our hub is so critical because pharmacogenetics is here. Anyone is a pharmacist who's not in that business can't believe that genetics are going to pass you by. I mean, genetics are here. So we decided to be a leader by analyzing tests and making it easy back to what can I do for the doctor. When a doctor gets 36 pages of a report, it's a lot of valuable information. But if you don't distill it down for them and give it to them in a snapshot, 
that report is going to go into an EHR and never be used. So our vision for pharmacogenomics and the testing is to get the information used to save lives and reduce adverse drug reactions, to reduce hospitalizations, to eliminate trial and error. So we are passionate, as you can hear, about pharmacogenetics and having everyone who we work with at RxVIP raise awareness through community outreach, through through working with a pharmacy. I, let me answer your question. I keep babbling. So we went to the pharmacy. We said, you do wellness clinics and flu clinics, right? Oh, yeah. Well, why don't we set up a table right in your right in your store? And it doesn't have to be a pharmacist who sits there. It doesn't have to, he or she has to count uh, pills. Why don't we set up a meet the pharmacist event right in your own store in your own community? Because you are so busy filling prescriptions and you only come to the counter when you're dragged in consultation. Again, albeit everyone's store is different, but there's not enough time to talk. So I said, if you can't do it, Howie, his name was Howie, we'll staff it. We'll put our student there. We'll put our appy student there and just introduce the benefits of what a value-based service like a pharmacogenetic test or a wellness prescription checkup can mean to that patient. And most important, here are some cost-saving solutions to help them save money. The third partner we have, an anchor, is needy meds. If we're not helping patients afford their medication, we're not addressing the devil in pharmacy, which is adherence. People can't afford their medication. If we as pharmacists don't address that, our adherence issue will continue forever. It's not about script sync or ready refills. It's about people can't afford their medication. So the combination of pharmacogenetics, cost-saving, life-saving solutions, and an overall wellness look for Care One gives us the collaborative parties to deliver a Care One concierge solution uh, for healthcare. Love it. And Ken, I love that you're solving that like the last mile, which is um, we can educate and, and, you know, tell patients about their medicines as the medication experts. But if we're not also helping them get access to their medicine uh, through, you know, a variety of different ways. There are a lot of different programs and hoops and things to jump through. So I love that you're helping to uh, educate students about that and, and other pharmacists. Well, you do that every day. And, and uh, one of our first conversations that we had, you and I, when I reached out, uh, I guess, like, oh my God, it's got to be almost three years ago, was to, to raise awareness to the wonderful things that you do. And we connected you actually for a brief conversation uh, with your uh, management with Needy Meds. Because at the end of the day, we need to help our patients. That's the bottom line. That's who I work for. You know, when people say, who do you work? You know, you're a pharmacist? Well, I, I, I save lives and I work for the patient. That's, that's kind of my mantra of what I do. It doesn't matter what uh, a badge says or a laminate or what the little, little red heart on your lab coat might be. For me, it's about the patient and that patient needs his or her medication and we have to help them. Exactly. And I love that you always are bringing in the students and the new, the next generation pharmacists. And how are, how do they play in to your, your business model? They're my opioids. I'm addicted to them. Um, we had 52 appies last year, uh, and I loved every one of them. Uh, we do a very innovative appy with University at Buffalo to remote appy. 
they are very much interested in what we were doing with our pharmacogenetics and care model that they allowed us to to have remote happies uh, who didn't even come to our facility learn how to be care providers. I did an appy with a, a young PharmD in Korea. And the only problem we had was I said, all right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she said, no, that's today. You know, we got our, our days mixed up. But we, we, we mentor the next generation by showing them they can dispense care, compassion, and empathy. And it's not about just dispensing the prescription. Um, I'm a St. John's alumni. Uh, we had uh, probably about 16 St. John's uh, alumni. I had two more who just started today. And I can tell you, when we do our orientation, it's like, I never knew that this was something that I could do. Work in a physician office. We introduced, uh, to, introduced them to Michael Goodman. You know, uh, it's, it's pharmacy, uh, you know, pharmacy day over there on Monday uh, to introduce the new appies. And they said, I really feel that this is an environment that I could find a home in. And we give an offer for a job, for a career path to every appy that we have the pleasure of uh, training. And, you know, we want them to stay with us because they are tremendous assets to our profession. They're bright, they're articulate. They just haven't had the opportunity in some of the work environments that they go in to really show their skills. I am totally addicted to the next generation. I love it. And they're getting a, a really unique uh, rotation experience and learning about um, some unique uh, environments like working from home and working remotely. So what a great service you're providing and in that partnership with the University of Buffalo. Thank so you. Ken, uh, tell, how about a little bit more about how it's working in uh, maybe the community setting or, or, or physician office setting? Sure. Well, in the physician office setting, uh, we started with the concierge physician approach because we felt the concierge physician which is a very large part of the healthcare industry. There's been a gap uh, between the, you know, the guys in the middle you know, have either sold their practices to large ACOs uh, and, and got, you know, gone to work for them, or they become concierge physicians. And a concierge physician, there's a misnomer. They think that it's only cash. That's not true. Concierge physicians sometimes are hybrid where they do take Medicare, they do take insurance, but they also offer that concierge approach, which really is precision medicine, personalized medicine. And I became a patient of Dr. Michael Goodman before I became his concierge pharmacist. And I needed someone, my wife, uh, when he changed his practice over, said, you know, you know I, we have to stay with this guy. And it was, it was a couple of that, you know, it was money. It was, I think, $1,300, $1,400 then, probably $1,800 now. And it's money that, you know, you don't necessarily need or want to spend. So she said to me, we can't afford not to do it at this point of our career. And again, happy wife, happy life. I gave her the American Express card. But a year later, I had four surgeries and 14 months, you know, to replace my hips and my knees. And ultimately, I had uh, spinal fusion. Well, Dr. Goodman saved my life. If I was going through a, a fast food medical profession and just being a number, I, I don't know what would have happened. So I became compassionate and understanding that a concierge physician was what I wanted to model our pharmacy business. And that's why I chose a concierge as for RxVIP. It reminded me of hospitality when I used to travel uh, with my family. You'd always go to the concierge desk 
and they were there to help you and tell you what shows or movies or or restaurants to go to. So I introduced that, and we have grown to any other physician office because it doesn't have to be concierge. We have a practice in the Bronx. They have 2,500 patients, you know, over 1,000 Medicare. And again, fast food, pharma, uh, uh, retail environments at the physician's office have no issue with us because I'm not filling prescriptions. We set specific appointments to meet the pharmacist. They come in and they start fighting for the nine o'clock appointment because they know the value of the pharmacist who's going to be there to help them. So that's been our, our approach with independent uh, practitioners. Care One has now taken us to several ACO, large-scale hospital units, which has been kind of a new world for me. I love it because you really talk about the number. When Care One can sit down and show a hospital unit, they could save them over $100,000 a month you know, and increase uh, their revenue a month. All of a sudden, that hospital says, gee, that's not such a bad idea you know, for that pharmacist to be part of our care team. You mentioned the last thing about community, what we do. Again, that's a kind of a soft spot for me. I believe outreach, outreach, outreach is the way that we can advance our profession. If we wait behind the bench for people to come in and the queues to get slammed with 12 pages and fill all the e-scripts that come over, we're never going to be able to help as many patients as we do as we go into the community. We have all our appies and everyone in RxVIP doing at least one community outreach for every time, every month that they do it. We've done them at uh, Panera Bread. We've done them at libraries, at community centers. We're doing one at a church on June, Sunday, June 16th, you know, with 300 church members. You know, you do them in libraries, senior centers, because you need to go to them and say, we're here to help and we want to help you. And believe me, they love to listen to the pharmacist and we're not selling them anything. We're just reaching out and saying, we care for you. And here's a solution that can keep you on a path to better health. So outreach is a critical part of the success of the concierge solution to healthcare. Well, Ken, it has just been amazing to hear how much this has grown and your passion for putting the care back in patient care. Um, loved getting to hear a little bit more about different ways that uh, pharmacists can be part of this new movement of of concierge pharmacists and, and moving towards uh, being seen and recognized as providers. So Ken, what are some, some ways that people can, can reach you or maybe they're wanting to do a rotation? How could they get in touch with you? Well, we're accredited for six universities, but we also take any student appy who wants to do the rotation, um, you know, on their own. You know, I can't give them credit if they're not, if, they're, if I'm not, a, you know, I'm not assigned to that school. But I think we have five people from, uh, we have Southern Cal and Arizona and people who just got in touch with us through other contacts. You can get in touch with us at uh, 1-844-MY-RX-VIP. That's 1-844-MY-RX-VIP. Uh, the numbers are 697-9847. But you can also email me. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm the founder, but I, I don't sleep very well, so I'm up all the time, so don't worry about the time change. Send it to ken at rxvipcares.com, and I will personally answer you and put you on a pathway to provide a status. It would be 
Absolutely our pleasure to do that with you. Anyone. And you don't have to be a student. Uh, you don't have to be an appy. I mean, anyone can learn. Every, you know, I'm learning every day. I'm, I'm finding out things new every day. So if you think the day you graduate from school is the last day you go to school, well, you're missing out on some interesting things uh, to learn about your career and your profession. So we welcome anyone, anyone at any stage. I'm retired now. I never realized I'd be working as hard, more retired than I was when I was working full time at CBS. But I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Ken, it was so great to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Always a pleasure, Hillary. I I just have to say it because I say it every time. The first time that I reached out to you and you were so kind and generous to invite me on the show, it was actually the first podcast that I was a guest on and I'll never forget forget that. And I thank you so much. So when I was preparing for it, I you know, you want to everyone's got a social media page. I don't. I have 11 friends in Facebook, but I could go look at someone. And there was this six-tiered wedding cake that I saw. And you had just, I guess, either recently got married or posted something. And I said, oh, my God, what a beautiful wedding cake. Because my daughter at that point was just about to get married or had recently got married. So I was in the I was in the bridal mode. And I remember that uh, that beautiful picture. And uh, and again, speaking to you as we have over the years, uh, we've always kind of kind of collaborated on the positive things for our profession, because we both look at things with the glass half full, not half empty. And that's why I enjoy always speaking with you. And thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Ken. Great to catch up. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.